Hello, everyone, and welcome to the World Herald Prep Zone podcast. I'm Sam McEwen. I'm here with Stu Pospisil and Mike Patterson. Hello, hello. Uh, you're getting this on audio. And hey, we're back for a Prep Zone podcast. We haven't had one in a while. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Hanging in. <laughs> That's good. Doing good, Sam. Thanks. That's good. That's good. Um, what we're going to talk about are just a couple of things. First, uh, the basketball season is in full swing. The Metro Conference begins, the Metro Conference tournament begins early next week, then has a moratorium, then it comes up again. So we're going to preview both the boys' and the girls' Metro Conferences. You guys had preseason rankings. We'll kind of talk a little bit about whether those have held up early on or if there's been any early surprises, early disappointments, and maybe at the end if we get to just a comment on All-State football because I know there, that was an interest. that's one of the best teams I've ever seen assembled, Stu, but simultaneously there was a big question at quarterback, and that's been kind of a – that's been kind of a conversation, but we'll start with this. Um, basketball. High school basketball is in gear. Uh, the Metro Conference tournament for the boys and the girls uh, starts early next week. We will start with the girls' side. Um, Mike, first, have there been anything from the early season rankings or changes that you've been impressed by, teams that you that have jumped out at you, players that have jumped out at you that, that was different than what you thought before the year? Well, I'd say uh, at the start of the season, Sam, it looked like there were three teams that, that really looked like they were maybe a cut above everybody else. Uh, Millard South, Omaha Central, and Fremont. Um, have there been any changes? Uh, I would say one thing is that uh, Fremont's been beaten already by Lincoln Pius X, so that's uh, a little bit of a surprise, at least in my mind, even though Pius is the defending champion. Uh, you know, they lost Alexis, a pretty good player to Nebraska. Right, right. Yeah. I hear she's playing at Nebraska. Yeah. Talking about Alexis Markowski, of course. But, uh, you know, Pius obviously showed that they have a little bit more firepower than I probably gave them credit for it originally. And, it, you know, probably another team that I I'm, I'm, would put right up there uh, would be Bellevue West, who I saw them play Pius just this past weekend. And Bellevue West defeated Pius. And, um, you know, Bellevue West almost beat Millard South about a week before that. So I'd probably put the Thunderbirds right up there, too. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been kind of an interesting season already. It seems like there's kind of a, a big division between some of the haves and some of the have-nots when you look at some of these scores that, uh, you know, there's about a 30 or 40 or 50-point differential. You don't really like to see that, but that's kind of the way it goes sometimes. But, uh yeah, I would say those five teams, I might throw Bellevue East in there too. They've got a pretty good team. Millard South plays there uh, this weekend, so that'll be a good game. But uh, just kind of off the top of my head, I'd say that handful of teams looks like uh, they're at the top of uh, Class A right now. We'll get to the Metro Conference Tournament in a minute. Stu, the same question to you about boys basketball. Has that kind of, you know, fell out the way you expected? I know one of the high-profile teams in the state, Grand Island, has had some losses early in the season that may have been surprising. I don't know if necessarily – I think the surprising loss for GI was losing by 25 to Elkhorn South. Right. And, <laughs> again, I took – and I apologized immediately uh, for an early bulletin I had on on the Grand Island game with um, uh, a St. Louis team, Vachon. Mm -hmm. I apologized for that, and I do again. But I won't apologize that they have to find a second scoring option for Isaiah Trout or it's going to be a long season for the Islanders. Yeah. You know, you just can't – all the great players recently have had other teammates able to score and a wingman, the wingman, and especially for a guy who has to stay inside mm -hmm. part of the time. Uh, you know, for GI to get to the state tourney, they've got to 
they got to have some guys step up, and they've had some, you know, you're coming off football, so you got to get some legs changed underneath. But we'll, we'll see. Is it Kitan Fife? Maybe. Is, is it the Olsen kid with his threes? Maybe. We'll just have to see. Other than that, I would say Lincoln Southwest might be a surprise. Right. You, you saw him the other night. You were you were kind of impressed with them. Anytime you beat Omaha South by twenty is pretty good. Well, South is South's young. not a great team, but you know we're going to see a little bit more. They play Southeast on on Friday night, and um, Southeast just got beat pretty good by Westside. Mm. Uh, so they're three and two against uh, the Southwest undefeated record. Other than that, I think it's been chalk in Class A so far. Uh, Westside didn't show up very well against Miller North in a game in Columbus uh, opening weekend, but the Warriors are still going to be there. Bellevue East, or excuse me, Bellevue West has a uh, interesting weekend ahead before the Metro Tourney. They go to Sioux Falls to the Sanford Pentagon Saturday, and they play now Corona Centennial from California, which has at least three Division ones. During the week this week, they shifted their opponent up there. It was supposed to be Chicago Simeon, which is good in its own right. It's 36 in the national rankings. Now Bellevue West gets number six, and they're number 46. Bellevue West is. Mm -hmm. Then they go to Kansas City, playing the old Kemper on Monday. Now the High V Arena against Helios from Jefferson City. Helios is 0-4. But Bellevue West had struggles the other night against an Elkhorn South team that is close, but they gotta find a way to get over the top. Losses by two, three, two, two, and three points. So they're close. They've played Central tough, played Lincoln East tough opening night, played Bellevue West to the end. But they have, they're they're right. They're a team you may not want to see in February, for sure. But they have to learn how to win. We 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 got a team in Lincoln, football wise, that knows what that's like. Yeah. They do. They they haven't known it for about five years, which is I'm sure Elkhorn South wants to be doesn't want to be known as that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay, so let's get into the let's get into the Metro tournament. Now the structure of this is there's playing games on Monday. Is that right? Right. And then there's like a whole slate of games on Tuesday, and then it goes Whoop! but at home sites at mm-hmm. home sites, and then they play at Ralston, or do they, they play, play at Baxter Arena Baxter starting Arena. the 28th or the, or the quarterfinals, 29th or the semis. They have to take the 30th off because UNO scheduled a women's game that day, and then the finals are the 31st. So for those teams in the finals, that's probably not a bad schedule. Yeah, Play two, get one off, play the final, and the finals are, I think, 3.30 and uh, 5.15 on, on New Year's Eve. Let's and, of course, the, of course, the big thing at Baxter Arena this year, Sam, is we're going to have a shot clock. So. Yeah. That uh, that'll be fun to see. I know a lot of coaches. Well, that's gonna mean a lot of more missed shots. A lot of fans uh, have talked about that. Um, you know, some of these teams, it's not going to affect, but some it definitely is. As far as they like to hold the ball, they like to slow it down, or they're not going to be able to do that now. So well, it's going to be a huge experiment. It, it may dictate what happens with: Do we get the shot clock in Class A? Do we get an A only? Does B fall in line? You know, again, I. If you take a look, if you chop the 35-second clock down, if you if you milk it to the full, full 35, you're still only gaining eight possessions a quarter. Right. You know, it, it comes down to how well you shoot and, and what your pace is. You know, it's not necessarily going to lead to better scoring. And I think that's what people are, are thinking. And if, if you hold the ball, you know, you've done it at your own risk. We, we know some teams that have lost state championships because they held the ball. Right. 
Well, I, yeah, I, I think it'll just lead to more missed shots. I don't know that it'll greet more points. What I will say is it will prevent teams from holding the ball for three and a half minutes and playing for one shot and, and That's playing, why four, I don't like playing is, four corners. I think we should go to 18-minute halves and eliminate the quarter break mm. because then you eliminate two sets of holding for the last shot. Mm. I get that. That and they sense. do that in many in Minnesota. They're on the have system up there. Maybe they should. Well, it's interesting because uh, you know the ads and the coaches have talked about the shot clock in the past, even last year. But the NSAA was not on board with it. The NSAA is on board with it this year. Well, that's because the National Federation is on board with right. it. They're not right. going. South Dakota, for instance, did the has done the shot clock. They didn't have a voice on the National Rules Committee as a result. So it's kind of a, you know, do you do, you do something and, and lose a chance to influence other, you know, votes at the table? Um, so they'll have the shot clocks only at Baxter or they're going to have right. them in the high school? No, just, at just at Baxter. And they're going, to have, they're going to have school personnel, not UNO personnel, sure. do it so that they can learn and also see what – complications there could be because we let's be honest it's tough getting people either to volunteer or be paid to do these clocks the score clocks and scoreboards right now now you're adding another person where that the the judgment is going to be even worse as as far as as criticalness you know you've got to be right on and you've got three sets you've got officials three man crews three person crews they're going to have to watch something different too so there's a lot of working parts. The, the Metro Attorney is going to be a, a great uh, exposure, either positive or negative. Yeah, well, I, you know what's going to be interesting is, like you said, the uh, school people are going to be running those shot clocks. And we went to a Creighton game a couple of weeks ago, and I don't know if they had someone else doing the shot clock that day, but there were about three times in the first half where, you know, the refs were, you know, reset the uh-huh. clock or whatever. And it's like these are – veteran people and and at the college level so at the high school level it's really going to well, be at least it gets reset to 35 seconds and not 20 yeah it's one less i gotta think right moment right so That's a good we'll, point. we'll see we're, we'll be analyzing it very closely and it may be different for boys and girls it very well may i mean mm-hmm. it's, that's entirely possible um it could be that that the boys rush shots more uh, and because they see the clock and they're thinking they got to get something done in the first 10 seconds of the clock. Because in college, they kind of think that way. Okay, let's break down the bracket. Uh, on the girls' side, you have the two play-in games. Obviously, those teams are not favored uh, to, to necessarily to win. Who are the three or four favorites and who are the players to watch? Uh, well, got to start with top seed, Millard South. Um, I've got them ranked number one. They have pretty much everybody back from last year they won the tournament last year um you know Bryce Myers has a lot of the same players that he's had and now they're another year older I haven't seen them play yet um they've been playing mostly teams that they should have beaten handily and they have beaten them handily so uh the Patriots are the are the uh logical selection going into the tournament their first game's at 5 30 on uh, december 21st they'll be play the winner of that playing game between south and north uh one team i have seen the second seed omaha central they were the runner-up last year they had a big lead in the final against millard south and it kind of melted away i think central's inexperience showed a little bit they hadn't been in that position before but uh the eagles are looking really good already 
Uh, they'll be playing at uh, 1 p.m. on December 21st. They'll be playing the winner of the Burke Bryan play-in game. So I put the Eagles right there along with the Patriots. Third seed is Bellevue West. We talked about them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taryn Wharton, their very fine guard, hit a couple of big three-pointers in the win over Pius Tent, which uh, snapped the Thunderbolts' 34-game win streak. So uh, Bellevue West is third seed, and I think, um, you know, I mentioned Wharton. She um, had uh, surgery on her Achilles heel, uh, I think, back in April, and they didn't know if she was even going to be able to play a whole lot this season, and she's back already. So uh, she really worked hard to get back. So she's one of their key players, and they need her. They'll uh, open up against Omaha Northwest. That'll be 530 on the 21st. And uh, the fourth seed, Gretna. With their uh, longtime coach, Jerome Scudler, who's, uh, I think he's closing in on 600 wins. So he's uh, done a great job there with the Dragons. They'll be playing Elkhorn South. Um, that game's at 530 on the 21st. And uh, I saw Elkhorn South. It got beat by Central the other night. Uh, they had a player go off for 25 points, but still it wasn't enough to beat the Eagles on their home court. So uh, those are the top four seeds, Sam. I'd probably throw Bellevue East, number five seed in there. They're also a very, very good team this year. They'll open up against Papio South. But uh, those are going to be some of the top teams. And like you said, those games will be on the 21st. Stu, boys side. Well, number one, Bellevue West, last year's runner-up. Uh, Josiah Dotzler, William Kyle. They play the Burke Bellevue East winner at home, 7-15 on the 21st. Miller North, Jason Green, David Harmon. Um, number two seed play the Brian Northwest winner 645 on Tuesday. Number three West Side Chandler Meeks, Reggie Thomas at all. Um, lost to Miller North as we alluded to. Plays Benson 715 at home. Number four Creighton Prep with UNO recruit Luke Jungers. Uh, number 13 seed Millard West is their home opponent on uh, Tuesday at six. And number five Omaha Central with Jaden Dawson going to Loyola. Uh, plays Papio South, uh, which they've seen. Uh, it was a great first-round matchup last year. Back at Central, 6.30 on Tuesday. That should be fun. It's, it's, the, the, the teams on the boys' side are, are the same, some of the same top teams as they had last year. They're just not quite as good. Right, like, well, the whole level's down. I right. mean, after we've Chucky had a, after not we, there, Hunter South. Yeah, there. after we had a season like last year. Yeah. I have to guard against being too disappointed in the level of play, right? Because you have to readjust your mindset, right? And you know, you were not gonna, we're not going to see that level in the foreseeable future, and it may be another ten or twenty years before we do. Just mm-hmm. just historical trends. That's right. Yeah, Jackie Hepburn's having a great season at Wisconsin. Okay. That's the basketball breakdown. I do want to ask you just one question about all-state football, um, all Nebraska football. Um, it was a great team. I mean, it, it really is. It's it's a team that could beat a lot of other all-star teams in the Midwest. I won't say Florida or Texas, but it could beat a lot of teams. There was obviously a question at quarterback. Um, I happen to agree with the decision you made, uh, but you, made a, you picked Zane Flores of Gretna over Noel Walters at Lincoln East. Why did you do that? And what was the thinking behind making that decision? Because a lot of people thought Walters was the best. He was Gatorade Player of the Year. Um, that said, go ahead. Well, it was a close race, voting-wise, between Flores, Walters, and Gage Stinger. Now, Stinger played some defense, so that's where he went. 
that's maybe where he plays at Nebraska. Right. And I've done that before. Remember Omaha Burke wine that Xavier Watts was an offense. Guess what? He's playing at Notre Dame. <laughs> he's playing he's defense. He's playing defense. That's right. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah. You know, receivers and quarterback this year were really difficult. There were so many good ones, and and that's where our right now that's where the the talent's going on offense, or the as we see more passing offenses. Uh, Flores um, took him to the state title. He looked great in the final. He threw for twenty eight hundred yards, almost twenty nine hundred yards, and you know I don't divulge voting, but there were certain factors there that led me that um, you know he was just a tad bit better. Than, than Walters. And mm-hmm. again, Walters, um, you know, he, he had great yardage, great numbers, record numbers. Yeah. But you also have to look at competition, too. Things have changed. And, and I don't, and you've written already about this in the classes. I, I, I'm concerned that the, the quality of teams in Lincoln is going to be even more watered down now that you had two more high schools. Lincoln East was the was I think the best team of that group. I know Southeast was also in the state tournament and the state playoffs, but I, they played a lot of teams that are just not maybe as good as some of the competition Gretna played. Nevertheless, he had a great season. In a lot of other years, he might have been the All State guy. Oh, but well, Flores is really, really team. good. Yeah, I, I, you know, he's been in contention two years, and you know, he's still trying to decide on his college. Um, because I Nebraska does, would love him to walk on, but I don't think he's gonna do that. Right. Well, the Nebraska only had four walk ons yesterday. I know. You know they, so. they would love to have him uh, and that role, and maybe maybe the new OC can watch him and and have a different opinion. Maybe mm-hmm. he's a scholarship guy, but they'd love to have him. I just don't think that I think he's got better opportunities than a walk on at Nebraska. Well, and, and with receiver, I mean, you had you had people like Cooper Erickson at Lincoln East and Grant Guyad at. Um, Westside, West Side, Joel yeah. Roll from Gretna stood out big time in the, in the uh, state final. You know, you and I went with two tight ends that are going to be major college guys, and Caden uh, Helms from Bellevue West going to Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. You know, Ben Bramer, uh, Nebraska commit already as a junior. Mike O'Reilly from Bellevue West going to to Auburn. I mean, it's rare when I take two tight ends. Sometimes I don't take a tight end at all. But, yep. Um, you know, again, these are kind of hybrid tight ends. They're, they they're long, great hands, and they can block. Yeah. And especially at Pierce, with where, uh, you know, uh, Ben's dad, Mark Bramer, has been a lot uh, run first, run first quite a bit, unless he has good receivers, and he's turned out some tight ends. Matt Herrian right. comes to mind. Uh, ben could be as good as Matt. Yeah, I think Ben putting Ben on the first team was a what? That was a, that was a great call. He's going to, you know, Nebraska loves him. So, all right, well, that's all we have for the Prep Zone podcast this week. We're going to be back in a couple more weeks to recap not only the Metro Conference, but just sort of have a reset on the rankings and maybe talk about a bunch of other stuff too. So for uh, Stu and Mike, I'm Sam. Thanks for listening.